Well, good evening, everyone. That wasn't very loud. Good evening. Oh, that's good. You're all here. Hallelujah. It's always an honor uh, to be here at this church. As most of you know, I used to attend this church when I first moved to California, so it's always special to come back here. And uh, we pray that Mike and Beth and the family is going to have an awesome, refreshing time up in Seattle. I have a friend with me tonight. Uh, she's from Seattle. She just came here and flew in uh, this morning. Um, I just got back two weeks ago, I guess it was, from uh, Germany, Switzerland, Czech Republic, and uh, Hungary, and then I leave tomorrow morning for Ireland, Holland, and Poland. So, but it's been a very fruitful uh, time, and actually uh, last month in all those countries we had awesome meetings, but one place in particular, I was uh, invited by the captain of the FBI to go and minister to the police uh, Christian Police Association in Hungary. And uh, they knew I was a volunteer chaplain with the Oceanside Police Department, and they've heard me preach to the police several times over in Europe. Uh, so I went over there with them on this trip. And um, one particular thing we, we went over there for was to introduce the Christian Police Association to the prisons, because the whole prison system in, Hung in, Buda or in, in all of Hungary is operated by the police and they have hundreds of employees, all police officers, that run the prisons. And they had been so open to the gospel in all of Hungary. And so they were very excited to have the Christian police officers come in to uh, work with their police. Uh, and one of the prisons that we went to, we went to about four prisons, but one of them was a youth prison. And the kids in that prison ranged from age 14 uh, through 18. And uh, the director took us all around the prison, and, and then he said, if you want to, uh, you can go in one of the cells. We have uh, three young boys here in this particular cell, and uh, one of them has already been convicted of murder. And if you want to go in, and, and, you know, since you've seen the whole prison, if you have any questions about the prison or anything, you're welcome to go in. And so we went in, and he said, do you have any questions? I said, yeah, I have a question. <laughs> so I immediately took, uh, turned to the boys, and I said, do any of you boys ever know any have ever heard anything about uh, Jesus? And well, the director was quite wasn't expecting that to be my question. <laughs> and uh, the three boys just kind of shrugged their shoulders and they said, "Well, yeah, we we've heard something about him." And uh, so I began to talk to them about the forgiveness of God and the love of God, and uh, talked to them about that for a few moments, uh, well, about a half hour. And they really wanted to, especially the one that had been convicted of murder. He really wanted to repent and receive God's forgiveness. Well, the director was my translator. He was the only one on my team, actually, couldn't all speak English, but he was the director of the prison, and he spoke very good English. So he's translating for me, and you could just see the power of God coming all over him. And, of course, now he has to lead them into the salvation prayer. <laughs> I mean, it was just dynamic, especially the young boy that had been convicted of murder. And then after we left the prison, or left the cell, the director came over to me and says, man, I was sweating in there. I'm the director. I don't talk to the, these prisoners like this. But he said, I have got to turn my life around. This, that was, he said, that was so good. I'm not living like I need to live. And I said, well, you just need to start talking to God and reading your Bible. And he goes, yes, that's what I need to do. I can change my life. <laughs> but it was... Uh, I mean, I really know his life was touched and changed as well as those uh, three boys, but it was an awesome trip. And so I'm looking forward to uh, doing a healing seminar in Holland and uh, ministry of health seminars and doing a lot of ministry over there. And so um, it's been really good. And 
I know some of you from my church are partners with our ministry, so I have some partnership cards. If you want to be, uh, receive my newsletter and be a part of what I'm doing, just get one of those cards, and, and uh, I'd be honored to have you uh, partner with the ministry. I also have a new book in the back. It's called uh, Guidelines Praying for the Sick. So this just came out a couple months ago, so this new book is out there. And um, I love that one song that we just sang tonight, Heaven Coming to Earth. It just fits into uh, my message, although my title of my message is uh, Leaky Lips Sink Ships. <laughs> but um, I believe you're going to be blessed tonight. And Father, we thank you so much for your presence here tonight. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher our guide, and Lord, we open up our heart to receive all that you have for us tonight, and we pray that you would be truly glorified and honored in all that is said and done, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, you know, as I travel to all these countries, I'm exposed to many different cultures and many different languages, and it's so important that I have a good translator because that's the only way I'm really going to be able to communicate with these people from these other cultures. So I need to be able to communicate with them through the language of their culture. So it's really, really critical. And I'm going to show you some pictures tonight because I think these pictures will so reinforce the message. So if we can look at the first picture, I can't see. I think you can see. Okay, there we go. Now, I don't have to tell you this is pictures from Africa but uh, their culture in Africa is quite different than ours. If you look closely, those four men, they're dressed in red. And if you look at the one second to the left, his hair actually looks kind of red. Well, what they do over there is they take a mixture of goat's milk and goat's blood, and they rub it all over their bodies and on their hair. And that represents that they are warriors. And these four boys were warriors protecting their livestock from the lions. And this is in Maasai land. And this is a copy or a picture of one of their homes. It's a, a mud hut, and that's a very typical home that they have in this particular culture. And the language that they speak in some, several places in Africa is Swahili. But in Maasai land, they don't speak Swahili. They speak Maasai. So in that situation, I have two translators, one from English to Swahili and then Swahili into Maasai. So it's really, really important that I have a good translator because that's the only way I'm going to be able to communicate with the people of that culture. Now let's look at the next slide. This next one is in Guatemala, and they have quite a different culture over there too. Now this is way up in the mountains of Guatemala, and I was working in an orphanage. We had a feeding program of 600 children they were separated and divided into five different locations. Uh, one day we had to actually travel on horseback uh, all day long. Eight hours we were on these horses uh, going from one location to the next to feed these kids. And this is a picture of these ladies that had helped us at the feeding program. And uh, they had to carry in the water in those striped containers and then pour it into the little plastic pans and sit on the floor and do the dishes on the floor, and they're smiling while they do it. Now, I know a lot of people would have a fit if they didn't have a dishwasher, let alone sit on the floor to do their dishes, but that is just a part of their culture. And then when they go to the market, they have um, people, the farmers just come out and lay down a blanket, 
and then they put their fruits and vegetables on that blanket, and the people come by, and they just uh, get their fruits and vegetables that way. They don't, they don't go to a Ralph's or a Vaughn's or anything like that. This is just how they do that. And um, the language that they speak there is a lot of it is Spanish, but up in the mountains they speak a language called Quiche. And I have written here, Gloria a Dios, which obviously is glory to God. I think I missed that one in, in Africa I had down there. Yesu Anakapende, that's Swahili, and it says Jesus loves you. But you can see the different cultures here. But again, my translator is so, so important because here in uh, this mountain range, I had to use, again, two translators from English to Spanish and Spanish to Quiche. So again, there's two translators involved in this kind of a place. Now, the third picture, I was preaching actually in a Bible school up in the Arctic. Uh, gets very cold up there, but they did have a heat wave one day of 50 below. <laughs> and they actually opened their windows, and I thought, this just does not compute with me <laughs> for a heat wave of 50 below. But uh, the Eskimos, they dress very, very warm, and she's got a beautiful outfit on. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes you hear people say how they wrinkle up their nose. So that is how they communicate when it's so cold out there. Uh, they either blink their eyes or wrinkle their nose, and it means yes or no. Because otherwise, if you talk, then your breath comes back and you get this frostbite immediately all over your face. So um, you have to keep your face covered all the time when it gets really cold. And then the next picture to the right there is a lady standing in front of an igloo. This is just a one-man igloo. Now, this was at a Bible school. And when the students come to go to this Bible school, they have to live on campus. But this particular lady, her name is Susie. And she was so excited to show me this one-man igloo because her whole family lives in the North Pole. And I said, Susie, you are the only person that I've ever met that lived in the North Pole. I said, I just thought Santa Claus lived up there. She said, oh, no, our whole family were up there with Santa Claus, and we have a big family igloo. And I thought, wow. And uh, I had my first dog sled ride there. I wasn't sure how to tell the dog to stop, you know, but I was a little nervous, but it was, it was very good. But the language that they speak over there is called Anuktitut, and it's a sign language. And that funny-looking scribbly there, that's the name of a song. It's called I Surrender All, and that's how that's written in Anuktitut. But it's very important, again, that I have very, very good translators because that's the only way I'm going to be able to communicate with the people of that culture. Amen? Now, let's just imagine that I'm going to go back to the Arctic. Maybe some of you would like to go with me. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have an evangelistic crusade, and we're going to build some homes for the Eskimos. And after about two weeks, we'll be there, and pretty soon the Eskimo comes out and takes a look at the house that we built. And what does she see but a mud hut? Well, that's just not going to work for her, not even in a heat wave of 50 below. So then we have the evangelistic crusade, and I'm speaking, and my translator begins to translate me into Spanish instead of Anuktitut. There will not be one Eskimo that understands one word I have said. They're not going to be able to live in a mud hut, and they're not going to be able to understand anything that I say. It would be a totally unfruitful trip. And the reason being because we mixed the culture. You cannot mix culture in situations like that. 
The next slide is a picture of heaven's culture. Heaven has a culture. It's eternal life, victorious life, justification, joy, praise, deliverance, peace of mind, agape love, healing, wholeness. These are all things that are a part of heaven's culture. And the language of heaven is called the language of faith. And the language of faith always says, it is written. Amen? Now, we also have another culture, and the next slide shows us that one. That one is the world's culture. The world's culture is quite different. It's eternal death, not eternal life. It's defeat, condemnation, worry, confusion, fear, anxiety, negative attitudes, anger, hatred, sickness, disease. The world's culture also has its own language. The language of the world is doubt and unbelief. Now, you and I, we are in this world. We'll look at the next slide. We're in this world, but we are not of this world. But if we're not careful in everyday life, we'll mix our culture. We'll mix heaven's culture with the culture of the world. And when we do that, we don't lose our salvation. We're still saved. We're still filled with the Holy Ghost. But we will begin to live a defeated life. You come to church on Sunday, been a great weekend, great Sunday service, everything's going great, and then Monday comes. And I can remember a lot of times people, you say, oh, man, Blue Monday. You ever hear of Blue Monday? (laughs) And everybody gets so depressed, and oh, man, it's Blue Monday. Heaven's culture has no Blue Mondays. There's no Blue Monday in heaven. But if you're not careful when you're at work, and if you're working around people that are not Christians or they're just really negative people, It won't take long before they can begin to pull you down and you start talking the language of their culture. And you need to guard against that. Whatever it takes, don't get involved with the world's culture, with the world's language. And when you're at work and it's time to go to lunch, go separate yourself. Go sit outside in the car, go for a walk. And you know what it says in Jude 20, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what happens on a job like that? Pretty soon the boss is going to see something different about you. You're not going to be talking about Blue Mondays. You're going to be so excited to do whatever you do uh, in honor to God. And they're going to notice that. And you know, promotion comes from the Lord, doesn't it? But it really makes a difference when a boss sees his employees where some just stand out different than others, and it'll always be those that don't have Blue Mondays. Amen? So you want to guard your heart against that. And then we know that uh, we have been justified, that we have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. But sometimes all of a sudden something happens and the devil begins to remind you of something that you did in the past, and pretty soon guilt and condemnation gets all over you. You know, you will never fulfill 
God's destiny for your life if you live in the past, if you live in the hurts. You've got to let go of those things because we have been, well, there is no condemnation to you and to me. You can stand in the presence of God without the sense of shame, no guilt, no condemnation, no inferiority. It's as though sin never, never happened. What a beautiful thing that is that we have been made the righteousness of God, that he removes our sins and all of our guilt and shame and has no part of us when we were really operating and walking in heaven's culture because that belongs to us. We are a part of heaven's culture. We are in this world, but we are not of it. Amen. It's just so important that we understand that. And then joy. You know, we need to keep our joy level high. (laughs) You know, sometimes that's not so easy, is it? But you just have to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how critical it is that you spend a lot of time praying in your heavenly language. It builds you up. It helps you to get focused. You know, when you're praying in your heavenly language, you are talking to God. You're not talking to men. And I think sometimes we forget we're actually talking to God. And sometimes you can get an interpretation of just one word. Well, that's God talking to you. What an awesome thing that we have the ability to actually speak God's language and to talk to him. And he said, you can build yourself up when you speak in my language. So I just want to encourage you to do that as much as you can because, you know, there will be some days where it just seems like everything goes wrong. When I just got back two weeks ago from this trip, I walked in my house and discovered that my refrigerator had broken while I was gone. (laughs) I don't keep much food in my refrigerator when I'm gone, but I do have things in the freezer. And all of that thawed out, sifted down through the refrigerator onto the floor. When I came home, I thought, what is this? (laughs) Well, my refrigerator was broken. But sometimes you have those days. The refrigerator breaks, the kids are sick, you got a flat tire, and your husband lost his job. You know, it's like, woe is me. And you have this pity party. You know what? Jesus doesn't go to pity parties. (laughs) He does not participate in pity parties. So we need to understand that we need to keep our joy level very high. And above all else, and I think you've heard this probably a million times, you need to stay in the love walk. No matter what happens, you've got to always forgive and stay in the love walk. And then I want you to turn to Psalms 91. Psalms 91. You know, like I said, sometimes we work with a lot of negative people. And, you know, uh, the Bible says that if you are willing and obedient... You'll eat the good of the land. And it's so important that we always keep our attitude right. And praying in the Holy Ghost, I know one person once said, you can get drunk in the Holy Ghost, and the more drunk you are, the better everybody looks. That's what they in the <laughs> I've never been drunk in the natural, but they say, you know, you can be very happy. But if you get drunk in the Holy Ghost, everything just looks great. Amen? So, so just stay built up in the Holy Ghost. But in Psalms 91, and I want to look at... Uh, Let's look at verse, um, beginning in verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays wait at noonday. 
You see, the devil will never give you a 30-day notice before he attacks. It will be like an arrow in the middle of the night, terror by day. You're not going to get a 30-day notice. So that's why you need to keep yourself and dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. That's a safe place. It's a secret place. The devil has no entry there. And the people in the world culture, they don't even know that place exists. But it belongs to us. We can live there. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's a safe place to dwell. Amen. And then healing. Healing is a part of our covenant. Healing belongs to us. And, you know, sometimes on Sundays we have prayer lines and we're just confessing, by his stripes I'm healed and you just feel so great. And then you go to work on Monday and the first thing you say, oh, man, my sinuses are killing me. My back is killing me today. What have you done? You just mixed your culture. You can't mix your culture. And that's why it's so wonderful that we have a helper, the Holy Spirit. So often I pray, now, Holy Spirit, if I say the wrong thing, just quicken me right then and there. You know, I grew up in Nebraska, and I used to have a big, a big garden. And I loved to plant tomato plants. And after I had all those tomato plants planted, and I'd go back and look and see, make sure that that row was nice and straight. And sometimes I'd see one tomato plant. It, mm, it wasn't quite in line. So I'd go back over there, and I'd pull it up, and I'd put it right where it needed to be. Well, that's what I do. When I get a check in my spirit and I've just said something wrong, I immediately say, Lord, I repent of that for saying that wrong, that wrong word because it is written. What I've done, I just uprooted that wrong word and I put it right back in place by saying, it is written. So it's just so important, the, the words that we speak, the language of our culture is victory. We want to be saved, filled, and triumphant. We don't want to be saved, filled, and defeated. But when you mix your culture, you're opening that door for defeat. Amen? So it's so critical that we watch our words. You know, don't get involved in that world's language. Like I say, if you have to separate yourself at noon, whatever you do, just get alone and build yourself up so that you don't get involved in mixing your culture. Because how many times do you hear people say, oh, my back is killing me or my arthritis is acting up or it's my, my, my and you're taking ownership of something that doesn't belong to your culture. You can't mix your culture and and be victorious. Again, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are citizens of heaven. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. This is what reminded me so much of the song that we just sang, Heaven Coming to Earth. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse 10, the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The language of faith has access to the kingdom of heaven and it brings God's will onto the earth. The language of faith has access to the kingdom of heaven, and it brings God's will down here onto the earth. Isn't that awesome? I wrote this down. Let me, listen, let me read this to you. There is no human way which man can rise from his level 
to God's level. But there is a way by which God's ways can be brought down to man, to earth, and it's through the language of faith, heaven's culture. Our words that we speak will bring God's will and his ways to us. Faith is a part of God's eternal nature. As we speak the language of faith, his words become channels of his faith, causing the impossible to become tangible. Again, it's the language of faith that taps in to the throne of God and brings his will into the earth. In Deuteronomy 30, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose, what does it say? Choose what? Choose life. Well, life and death is in the power of what? The power of the tongue. So it's our choice. We can choose life with heaven's language or we can choose death with the language of the world. I don't want to mix my culture. And, we, you know, we all get caught up in it, but we can just ask the Holy Spirit, help me the minute I start to mix my culture. Just give me a check in my spirit and get things back lined up. That, I mean, he's our helper. We need to use our helper. Amen? It's so good. In, uh, in Proverbs 18, 21, again, it's life and death, or death and life, is in the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue, that word power is force. Power can exist without being activated. It's just like electricity. Um, if these lights were turned off, we would still have electrical power here. It just would be that the elect- it isn't activated. But tonight it's activated. We're using the lights. So power in itself can do nothing unless it's been activated. So you can have electricity in this building, but you could sit in the dark if somebody didn't activate and turn on the switch. Amen? So power in itself can do nothing. We have the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead actually lives inside of you and me. That same spirit that actually reached the pit of hell and raised Christ from the dead, that power lives on the inside of you and me, and we access that power through the language of faith. I want to give you a little illustration real quick. Mark, could you bring a chair up here? Now watch him bring this chair up here. Oopsie. Oh, maybe we can bring something else up here. Oh, wow. Thank you, Mark. That was quick. Now, the language, when it says that the power of the tongue, that word tongue is pictured like a hand in the actual Hebrew language. It's pictured like a hand. Your hand, he picked that chair up, not with his nose, not with his eyes, but he picked it up with his hands. Now, Mark, I want you to take that chair and turn it face it the opposite. Just turn it all the way around. His hand had the ability to turn that chair completely around. Our tongue, which is pictured like a hand, has the ability to speak to a mountain in your life and turn it completely around. Just like his hand turned that chair completely around. Your tongue can turn your situation completely around. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Mark. Isn't that awesome? Amen. (laughs) So we need to understand what we have. From death to life, 
death to victory, defeat to victory, sickness to healing, lack to prosperity, all of that is turned around through the power of our tongue. And our speech, our speech becomes seeds planted in the spirit realm. Seeds of truth or dishonest speech, each seed will produce fruit. God forbid that we would be a mouthpiece that glorifies the works of the devil. You know, every time you say something like, oh, my back is killing me, or the devil's probably thinking, yes, they're devouring themselves. And that's exactly what we do. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24, it says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips. A deceitful mouth is a mouth that speaks dishonest speech. What's another word for dishonest speech? A lie. One of the things that God hates, it says in Proverbs 6, 17, God hates a lying tongue. Every time we say something that's contrary to the word of God, he's probably saying, I wish my children would stop telling lies. Every time we say something opposite of his word, in his eyes, that's a lie. He said, no, by my stripes, your back is healed. By my stripes, your allergies are healed. It is written, it is written, it is written. We need to use the language of faith and not mix our culture. Because again, when you mix your culture, you're going to be saved, filled, but you're going to be defeated. In Proverbs 21, 23, you don't have to look there, but it says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. That's pretty powerful. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Proverbs 6, 2, we snare ourselves with the words of our mouth. I like what it says in Psalms 45, 1, our tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You know, my daughter had a, a beautiful uh, vase. It was a Wedgwood vase, and she had put some, put some fresh flowers in it and put it on this beautiful table that she had. And several days later, she went to uh, put fresh water in this vase. And when she picked up the vase, she discovered that there was just a little tiny leak in the bottom of that vase. And that water had sat on that table for about three days. And that that water had destroyed the finish on that beautiful table by just that little tiny leak. If our lips are leaky lips, <laughs> we can destroy God's destiny for our life. So we need to understand how powerful it is and destruction it is when we mix our culture. Proverbs 15, for a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. So the language of faith can move your mountain, but you have to use the language of faith to do it. Amen. Um, I want to look at the, the very last slide. You know, when I go to these other countries, so often they like it if you try to speak their language. But so often in these other countries, they change the structure of their sentences. And if you don't know how to change the structure, you can say something totally opposite than what you're trying to say. Now, in, in Romans chapter 417, is that slide up there? It says that um, 
We call those things which are not as though they were. Now, that is the language of faith. But the language of faith is not an attempt to create false reality. Faith calls those things that do not exist as though they were. But denial, if you were to take that little word not and put it at the end of the sentence, you've changed the whole structure. Denial is to call the things that are as though they are not. I know a lot of people used to struggle with, how can I say I'm healed when I'm sick? Well, faith calls those things that be not as though they were. But denial is to call the things that are as though they are not. Look at the next slide. It's in the Amplified. I think it's the Amplified. It says, we call those things that, faith calls the things that which do not exist as though they do exist. But denial calls the things that do not do exist as though they do not. For example, if I was sneezing, oh, I'm not sneezing. I'm not sneezing. That's denial. But to sneeze and say, it is written, I am healed of all these sneezes. <laughs> That's faith. That's the language of faith. So we have to understand that uh, the language of faith is not denial. It cannot be reduced to a matter of positive speaking. Positive speaking has its place, and it can motivate, motivate people. But positive speaking does not move the hand of God. Positive speaking can motivate people, but it does not move the hand of God. Only the language of faith has access to the throne of God and brings heaven onto the earth. You see, I can't speak Spanish in the Arctic and expect people to respond to an altar call. I cannot speak German in a Chinese restaurant and expect to get apple strudel. Not going to happen. As a citizen of heaven, I cannot speak the world's language and expect heaven's results. Amen? And the most beautiful thing about the language of faith, we don't need a translator because it's our native tongue. If you're born again, the language of faith is our native tongue. Amen. This bless you tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. And Lord, I pray that tonight... These words will take deep root into each and every one of our hearts. Lord, help us through the power of the Holy Spirit that when we begin to speak things that are contrary to your word, that you would just check us immediately and that we can uproot that negative seed and come back and plant in your word, for it is written. We can speak your word and cancel out that negative word that we just spoke. I thank you that we have that ability to do that. I thank you for the helper that we have that can help us to, to do the things that we need to do and to remind us to not mix our culture. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you that you have given us the language of faith and help us to use it all the time and to be so aware of speaking to you in our heavenly language. 
And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory tonight in Jesus' name. And if there's anybody here tonight, if, if you're not a part of being a citizen of heaven, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you might be here visiting tonight for the first time, or maybe you've been coming several times, but you've never really made that decision to become a citizen of heaven. You can do that tonight. This is a very simple prayer and a simple thing that you have to believe, just simply believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead just for you and for me. And if you believe that with all your heart, we can pray with you tonight and ask Jesus to come into your life and you immediately become a citizen of heaven. And you will be guaranteed a home in heaven someday, but while you are on this earth, you will be guaranteed that the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will live and abide on the inside of you, working with you, helping you every moment of every day. He will be the very breath that you breathe. If there's anybody here tonight with no one else looking around but me, if you've never prayed that prayer or perhaps you've drifted away and you just sense the Holy Spirit is wooing you back tonight, just lift up your hand real high so I can pray for you. Is there anybody here at all tonight? You've never prayed that prayer or you've drifted away? Everybody here is walking with the Lord. I want to encourage you. I'm sure every one of you probably have a friend or a co-worker or somebody at school that you know for sure that doesn't know Jesus. Bring them with you on Sunday because, you know, heaven is a real place and hell is a real place. And for an awesome church like this, you need to bring them to a place like this where they can really hear people like Pastor Mike who preaches such an awesome, powerful word. It's not just having faith. God gives every one of us faith, but it's catching the spirit of faith. And I know that you get that in this place. So bring your friends here. Bring them. And if there's anybody here tonight, if you've got pain or sickness in your body and you would like me to pray for you before we leave, healing belongs to you. It's a part of heaven's culture. So if you have pain or sickness in your body and you would like me to pray for you, I'm going to ask you just to come up here really quickly that I can pray with you. Anybody at all that you would like prayer? Maybe you just want prayer just for a spirit of boldness to come upon you. Just, I, I invite you to come up here. Anybody at all you want to have prayer tonight? There's usually quite a, quite a long prayer line we have up here normally. Hallelujah. Jesus is the healer. He's everything that you'll ever need him to be. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good and the devil is bad. And that's the whole gospel just right there. Amen. We have a good culture. Heaven's culture belongs to us. So as I pray for them tonight, I want you just to stretch out your arms. Just be in agreement with them that by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed and whole. You know, sometimes healing is progressive. It isn't always instant. But the moment we pray, the healing begins. Amen. So just focus on Jesus tonight. So, Father, I just thank you right now for my sister. I thank you, Lord, that healing belongs to her. And I release that healing power to flow right now into every organ, every tissue, every cell in her body, bringing about a complete, well, there it is, a complete healing and a cure in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
I just decree in Jesus' name, no weapon formed against my brother shall prosper. I speak to that infirmity, and I pull it down from its position of authority. I break the power of assignment it would have against you right now, for it is written, by the stripes of Jesus, be thou made whole, spirit, soul, and body, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, I thank you for my sister right now. Lord, we release a creative miracle in her body. Healing, wholeness, miracles. Thank you, Lord. All a part of our covenant. It's in the name of Jesus. I take authority over this infirmity. I break its hold right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But I release the healing balm of Gilead to flow from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I command the brain to function properly, properly as it was created to function. In the name of Jesus, 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 be thou made whole, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Peace, peace, peace. You know, peace is the highest form of prosperity next to salvation. Having peace that passes all understanding. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for Lee. I thank you for the precious, precious spirit that she is. But I just release your blessings upon her. Spirit, soul, body, financially and socially. Be blessed, blessed, blessed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now for the spirit of boldness to come upon my brother. No more intimidation, no more being shy. That's all of the flesh. He is a spirit being. A speaking spirit. So I release that spirit of boldness to come upon him. I release the fire of God to come upon him in the name of Jesus. Fire, 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 fire. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Father God, for my sister. I release your blessings, your healing. Everything that she needs, I release it right now. Be thou made whole, spirit, soul, and body, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 There's someone else that I missed somebody. Father, I thank you for the fire to burn in him. Fire, fire, fire. In the name of Jesus, boldness, I release it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Fire, 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 fire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We all need that fire, don't we? You want to be on fire for Jesus. Jesus was on fire for God, and we're to be created in his image, so we all need to be on fire. So when you go out there tomorrow, you just be on fire and stay in heaven's culture. And you start getting mixed into...
the world's culture, build yourself up. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Work with your helper. What a wonderful helper we have. Amen. So thank you for receiving me tonight. It's been an honor to be here and some things on the back table or partnership card. I'd love to be have, have you in partnership with us. And Mark, you want me to turn it over to you? Or So God bless you and uh, be blessed in your traveling going home. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs>